people. It's Ashley. And Bianca. We're Creep It Real. Thank you so much to all of our listeners for your constant support. And we got a couple more really amazing five-star reviews this week. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then we also noticed a few new listeners to the show. And, of course, we wanted to welcome and thank them as well. Yeah. Hey. How are you doing? Yeah. So welcome. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, We're going to keep it short and sweet today and we now present to you the story and the case of lavina johnson lavina johnson chose to join the military after graduating high school as a way to pay for her own education and ease the burden off her parents after basic training she was deployed to balad iraq and within weeks of deployment reported that she had been raped on july 19th 2005 five weeks into her deployment she was found dead in what was allegedly a contractor's tent The Army was quick to rule her death as suicide, and her parents have been left fighting for answers ever since. So, let's start off by me getting real with everybody. This is something that used to piss me off. I mean, it still pisses me off. Yeah. But it has pissed me off for a long time. For sure. It's something that I didn't really know how to approach either. I was kind of afraid to talk about this whole subject. Right. Especially without having a partner who was in the military. <laughs> that kind of helped a little bit. Because, yeah. I mean, I didn't want it to come off like I was bashing anti- the military. Yeah, bashing the military. Sure. But there's a huge, huge problem with rape and sexual assault. I mean, everywhere, but in the military especially. And the way it's handled is absolutely unacceptable. So I wanted to talk about this as we kind of lead into Lavina's story because it's a huge aspect of it. So statistically... There have been 120 women who have been killed in Iraq, 50% were killed in non-combat circumstances, and 25 of those people in extremely suspicious circumstances. And the military says that all these women committed suicide. This is very atypical for individuals in the military who commit suicide to do it while they are on duty in another country. The Defense Department's annual report on sexual assault in the military estimated that there were 20,500 instances of unwanted sexual contact in the 2018 fiscal year based on a survey of men and women across the Army, Navy, Air Force, and Marines. That was an increase of 38% from the previous survey in 2016. Women make up only 20% of the military, but they are the targets of 63% of assaults, with the youngest and lowest-ranking women most at risk. The figures come from a survey of about 100,000 active-duty troops, which the department has conducted every two years since 2006. The latest results are not the worst. The assault rates were higher in both the 2006 and 2012 years. So I was in basic training at Lackland Air Force Base when I think it was 2000, shoot, I want to say it was 2011. And when I was in, we had to do, we had like little details that we had to do. They were called details. Mm -hmm. And once you got into your later, your last two weeks of detail duty, you got to do, you got to, it was like a privilege to do something called taking care of the baby flight that was coming in. Mm -hmm. A baby flight was somebody who was in zero week. And you would pretty much be the people that were like, all right, come on, let's go. And when I came in, there was two girls that were in there that were like saying, you know, have a sense of urgency. And while your MTI was screaming at you to come into your dorm room, they call them dorms in the Air Force Mm because we're fancy. So I got to do that for a flight with a close girlfriend of mine who was in my flight. Mm -hmm. And the flight that we did it for was within our own squadron. And I ended up doing it with her and then another girl. Now, I remember when I was doing it, the MTI asked me questions about my mom. Mm -hmm. And he asked me, like, is she hot? And stuff like that. The Mm -hmm. MTI. 
I'm somebody who's going through basic military training uh-huh. with with zero idea of what it's supposed to be like, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And I was really taken aback by it. Wait, what's an MTI for those oh, of us that don't know? I'm sorry. For those of you who don't know, an MTI is a military military training instructor. Okay. Which is like a drill instructor, mm-hmm. for the, but for the Air Force. Okay. So imagine a drill instructor saying that, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Weird. Mm-hmm. So I did baby flight for with another girl also, and he had taken her into his office while I was outside, like kind of instructing the other girls. Mm-hmm. And then when she came when she came out, she was like giggling and shit, which is really it's really weird when you're in the military for that to be the case. Mm-hmm. When you're in basic training for that to be the case, because the MTIs or the drill instructors, they they're frightening. Yeah. They're fucking frightening. Uh-huh. And I was like, that, okay, that's weird, whatever. But then I went on and then the next, I think the next like couple of days we had kitchen duty. Yeah. And I remember washing dishes. I was in the middle of washing dishes and somebody brought in their tray and we could only see like the hands of people who were bringing in, in their tray. Mm-hmm. And she, and I can say this because he went to prison and he's actually... He hanged himself in prison. Um, but so he brought in his tray and she goes, hi, Sergeant Walker. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm making a face right now. <laughs> Nobody can see it because this is an audio platform. <laughs> uh-huh. But and I was I looked over at her and I was like, how do you know that was Walker? And she was like, well, his ring. Ooh. How is that something that you remember? Yeah. First of all. OK, moving forward. While I was stationed at Shepherd. Mm-hmm. Come to find out, he had been raping girls and having sex with girls in his flight mm-hmm. as the as an MTI. Cool. And uh, like I said, he went to prison, mm-hmm. and he was he was married at the time. He mm-hmm. went to prison, and he ended up hanging himself in prison. So it's not something that's from from my perspective of having been in the military. And I say the military, and everyone's like, "Oh, the Air Force isn't really the military," but mm-hmm. it's the military still. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so for coming from my perspective, where it's somebody. That I knew was supposed to be training us and be a frightening figure. Mm-hmm. The fact that people are getting raped in the military mm-hmm. is not – it doesn't come as a shock to me. Right. And well, – Clearly. Yeah, I mean clearly, right? But anyways, so I'm just saying that because you, you were talking about the youngest and the lowest ranking women. Right. Because I mean how would you know – I mean I was t- talking about this last night. I'm like how do you know – first of all, you're scared, period. Yeah. You don't know – as confident as you want to pretend to be, Absolutely. you're still going to be scared. Of course. And also you don't know what you're doing mm-hmm. and you have no idea what to expect or what you're supposed to expect mm-hmm. or anything. Like you said, you have no guidelines to, to judge what's supposed to be happening what's right. not supposed to be happening. Some place that I've always heard of was Fort Hood in Texas where they – have military training facilities. There are bases where it's mostly tech schools or like military training. Yeah. Uh-huh. For Air Force, my tech school was supposed to be in Texas, mm-hmm. but it was, it was the year that they, tra- they changed it to being in Ohio okay. at Wright Patterson Air Force Base. Mm-hmm. And I don't think we were supposed to be at Fort Hood, but it was like a combo Air Force Army base that we were supposed to go to. And I don't remember which one it was supposed to be. Anyways, as far as what I know in my recollection Mm -hmm. is that Fort Hood is one of those training facilities where they do a lot of tech school for Mm -hmm. um, Army. Okay. 
I know because having been in, I remember, and I remember Shepherd being, which is where I was stationed, of course. Mm-hmm. But I remember those being like the highest instances of STDs and STIs. Mm-hmm. And then now having done research on Lavina Johnson, mm-hmm. come to find out it's got really, really high domestic violence incidences. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And rape incidents. Yeah. They have a staggering number of rapes and violence. And then they see the levels of violence increase wherever they go or in, in are deployed, which mm-hmm. is really not shocking at all. No. If you're letting people who are exhibiting violence and raping people be deployed. Stateside. Yeah. What, are the, what do you think they're going to do while they're deployed? Right. I'm sure they feel like a, they're in some sort of lawless land. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. There's a separate report in January of last year that showed that the number of sexual assaults at the nation's service academies had risen by 50% since 2016. So the future military is going to be just as fucked up as it has been. And this is obvious considering that all these sexual assaulters have been coming from these service academies along with a few other places. But are these service academies breeding grounds for this or are they going into this already having these proclivities towards being rapists and assaulters and then going up to well, different places and well, carrying it and another there. another big thing is you take these 18 year old kids who all of a sudden think they're men mm-hmm. you know all of a sudden think okay they're they're men and you have put them through training and i think i, I as far as i remember army was like a 10-week training mm-hmm. but with all men yeah and then you expose them to Women, yeah. All of a sudden, I think that they're hungry for sex or hungry to mm-hmm. do something lawless. I don't know. Well, you yeah. Know, I mean, I, I think they probably have a pro- they probably have a predisposition. Oh, for sure, as well. For you know? sure. I'm not saying that everyone that goes into the military has this, but like, it, like we know, there are certain people that go into certain positions because of a predisposition to whatever they may right. they may have. Right. Uh, according to the latest figures, there were about six thousand unrestricted reports of sexual assault in the military in the latest year. But the Defense Department officials said that only 300 cases had been prosecuted. So I know it's difficult sometimes to prosecute rape. I know that's not always easy to do, mm-hmm. but that's a sad number of, of yeah. cases to have gone prosecuted out of 6,000, 300, whatever that percentage, <laughs> percentage is. is. It's something, t- it's two, there's a it's two like in 2%. there or something. Yeah. <laughs> it's something like that. I'm sure everyone who does math quickly is it's screaming like, oh, in, their, in their car right now. Yeah. The Pentagon's report notes that the military took disciplinary action of some kind in 65% of cases in 2018, which was a slight increase from 2017, so maybe it's getting a little bit better. But almost all the punishment was handed out by the commanders at their discretion outside of the court system, and they could be as minor as a stern admonishment. So I'd like to see the percentages of people who actually were given legitimate disciplinary disciplinary action and not like go run a couple laps and mm-hmm. feed me dinner yeah uh, y- yeah you'd be really you'd be really disgusted i know so one in three women statistically will be raped in the military which fucking are you kidding me right now that is pathetic it's a lot it that's a staggering statistic and i actually do know a girl who was ra- raped while we were in tech school too yeah and that's a whole other story that's mm-hmm. 
And then command rape is a term that has been coined, which is so sad that that's even been a term that has been coined. Right. Which is a case in which men higher in the chain of command are preying on women who are of a lower rank. Rank. Thank you. Uh-huh. And uh, men. And men. Men and women and men who are of a lower rank. Mm-hmm. And again, it happens with enough frequency to have had a name right. coined. And then you can only as I mean, we'll talk about it more, but what happens when as I've read story after story, that when you report then after being raped by one of these people in a higher chain of command, they what is the what's the term? <sighs> They gaslight you? Well, I mean, gaslighting, I guess. I was trying to use a different term. There's a different one that I'm thinking of, but essentially gaslighting, where they make you out to be crazy, discredit you, and then they say stuff like, don't talk to Rachel or she's going to say you raped her. And so that's just like passed around. So everybody treats you like a pariah. And then what are you supposed to do? Everybody starts ostracizing you. Yeah. So like Ashley was saying, yeah. So the chain of command gives... They give people in a higher chain of command more authority and credibility because they've been in the military for, oh, you've been in the military for, what, six months? They've been in the military for 12 years. Mm -hmm. Who are we going to believe? Kind of like a protect our own type of situation. Absolutely. And I'm going to tell you right now, the military is a good old boys club. Oh, for sure. Oh, my God. Mm Mm-hmm. Lavina Johnson is far from the only victim of assault and sketchy circumstances surrounding her murder, but I heard her story over 10 years ago and it outraged me then just like it does now. I actually remember writing a MySpace blog about it because I was so pissed off, but, oh um, you know, all to all of my 10 followers that I had on MySpace. But anyway, I just wanted to find the right time to talk about it. Today is that time mm-hmm. as we'll discuss the awful and sketchy circumstances that surround her death. So, Lavina was born on July 27th, 1985, and she was born and raised in Florissant, Missouri. So, by all accounts, Lavina was an honor student, and against the will of her parents, she ended up enlisting straight out of high school, even though her own father was a 20-year veteran. Yeah, they weren't really into the idea of her going into the army. No, mom was super against it. She was crying, saying, no, no, don't do Mm -hmm. it, you know. The whole, the whole shebang. Yeah. And her dad in the documentary The Silent Truth by Joan Brooker Marks went into further detail regarding the process that military recruiters go through in order to actually recruit young, impressionable high school students to join their ranks. When I was in high school, we were able to take the ASVAB, which is just the test that you can take to see where you might place if you went into the military. Okay. And you got to take that instead of going to third period or something. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of like, oh, well, you can just take this test if you don't want to go to third. Yeah. And yeah, I took the I took the test. Yeah. And at the time I was like, I'll never join the military. I'll just take the test mm-hmm. just so I can get out of third. And then it ended up that I did join the military. <laughs> Because of the test? No, 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 oh, okay. no. I just – I joined it because because of different circumstances. Okay. But, I mean, they're doing things like this and going into high schools and – Well, like you can get a $3,000 signing bonus. Or that. $3,000. Um, that's, that's on the low end yeah, too, really? by the way. Oh, for sure. There wow. are really, really high signing bonuses for stuff like – for stuff like uh, – is it EOD? Yeah, EOD. Mm-hmm. That's the explosive ordinance. And – they give them super high enlistment bonuses if they make it through the training. And mm. usually they don't make it through training. Mm-hmm. And they have to um, 
they have to cross train into something else. But yeah, they give super high signing bonuses for that kind of what stuff. What a nightmare. I think that it's not such a secret anymore, no. the predatory oh, recruitment sure. strategies that they use for kids who have no idea what they're talking about. You know, and talking about recruiters, when I was going through a recruiter, I really wanted to do Intel, mm-hmm. but I wanted to be a crypto linguist. I wanted to be able to listen to uh, people on the radio or whatever mm-hmm. and be able to translate whatever they were saying. I took the D-Lab, which is the de- Defense Language Aptitude Battery, and I missed the D-Lab for the Air Force by like 2%. Mm. And I was devastated. But so my backup plan was, oh, just go into Intel. So I told my recruiter, he's like, you don't want to do Intel. You want to do this other job, which was hazmat, essentially, because that's going to be able to cross train so well into the civilian world. Again, I was 18. So I was like, okay, you know what? Yeah, you're right. You know the best, you know the best route for me. Oh, yeah. Just and I, making your decision. And yeah, they just mm-hmm. made my decision for me and mm-hmm. I fucking hated it. Yeah. And I wish more than anything in the world that I had just stuck to my guns and said, no, I want to do Intel. Well, how is that, but how is that hazmat not carried over to what you do now? Come on. Yeah. (laughs) How does that not, how does that not carry into (laughs) bank tellering? It's so crazy. Or how did it not carry it over into sales when I was in sales? Mm -hmm. It's so nuts. Yeah. Uh, well, nothing really carries over most for most of the poor for the military military folks. It's true. According to Lavina's parents, although they had saved enough money for her to go to college, she said she wanted to go to school in California and wanted to pay for it herself. Just reading, it's like, oh, I just want, it's just like over and over. I'm just like, why? Like, don't do it, you know? Oh, it's terrible. She just saw it as, I think, a way for her to be able to provide for herself, to serve her country, and probably thought of it as as kind of an adventure to have as long as she put some work in. And, like, it sounded like she wasn't afraid of some hard work, so she probably thought it was just perfect. Yeah. And recruiters, when you're going through the process, they're like, ah, you'll never deploy. Oh, yeah, That's fine. Right. Like, the chance of you deploying is so slim, Mm -hmm. and that's just the way they do it. That's what they said to me. That's just what they do. Even I never got to deploy, but Uh – See, I say got to deploy. I wanted I wanted to deploy. Well, I'm glad you didn't. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you. not to say that everybody that deployed had a terrible of life, course. but it just doesn't sound like it would have been good. In letters to her family, Lavina sounded normal and happy. She asked them to send specific things to her, like soap and pin numbers for her credit union card. She was talking to them about coming home for Christmas. And a day before her death, she spoke to her mother on the phone. Her mom asked her if she w- should wake everybody up to talk to her. She said no, that she would call them back soon. And she was excited to tell her that she might be able to come home earlier than she expected for Christmas. And she ended the phone call by saying, don't start decorating without me. Hmm. Yeah, because Lavina really loved Christmas. Christmas. That was her favorite time of year. It should be everybody's favorite. (laughs) Okay, Uh, Ashley. (laughs) But anyway, so what supposedly happened the night that Lavina died was at 11.45 p.m. She left her barracks, walked across the post to a contractor tent and to a pretty messy and dark situation where she had been, you know, living in a barracks with other people. Mm-hmm. I'm not just saying it was a luxurious situation, mm-hmm. but it wasn't some messy, cramped little tent with a cot in it. She sat on a bench, supposedly. She lit an accelerant and put it down by one leg of the bench and then stuck an M16 rifle into her mouth and pulled the trigger and died. 
The military criminal investigator's initial drawing of the death scene revealed Lavina's M16 was found perfectly parallel to her body with a cot between her and the gun. The investigator's sketch showed her body was found inside a burning tent under a wooden bench partially with an aerosol can nearby that she had lit on fire to start herself on fire before she shot herself. A witness stated that he had heard a gunshot and when he went to investigate, he found a tent on fire. And when he looked inside the tent, he saw a body. The army official investigation did not mention a fire or that her body had been burned. But as you'll see when we post the photos, there was a burn in situation inside that tent. Mm -hmm. So, her death was officially ruled a suicide by the army. The soldier who delivered the news let the Johnson Johnsons know that her death was in fact being investigated. And the casualty liaison, who is a person the military designates to handle funeral preparations, bringing the body back from deployment, et cetera, et cetera, told the family, I was told to ask you to consider having a closed casket because it, isn't pretty. And her sister, Lakeisha, asked her father, what did they do to my sister? They did something to my sister. Now, I know that it's typical for a family of someone who commits suicide to be incredulous about the fact that they would never do such a thing. But the more we talk about this situation, I think it's pretty clear that she wasn't suicidal and that she did not kill herself mm -hmm. in this way. Mm -hmm. and, it, and her family from the get-go was pretty sure that something had gone on. So let's flesh it out a little bit more. There are a lot of things that maybe were initially said by the army and then were changed in some way. There's a lot of inconsistency, inconsistencies with their story. Initially, Lavina's father saw that her death was designated as a combat-related or in-the-line-of-duty accident, but Lavina was not in, in a combat role and she was working in telecommunications. It was also originally designated that she was found dead in her own barracks with a gunshot wound to the head. And then it was changed to say that she was found in her tent. But she didn't live in that tent that she was found in. And she lived in barracks, as everyone else did with a bunch of other people. Mm -hmm. And so it's a little suspicious for them to initially say that she was found in her barracks and then change it to found in her tent mm -hmm. when she doesn't have one. Mm -hmm. I know it's like a little thing, but when you're talking about verbiage that you're using in crime scene sure, situations, it's, so it's you should think it would be important. And I also don't think that they would change it. Right. If it wasn't, if it was just like, oh, we're, we weren't thinking about it too much. It was her tent, her barracks, whatever. Whatever. Yeah. Then why would you change it? You yeah. know? A public affairs officer initially told the St. Louis Dispatch that Lavina died from a gunshot wound to the head. He then later changed his story to say that he did not know how she had died. So obviously there was some discrepancy within the army themselves about what had actually happened to Lavina. And at first, nobody really had a great solid story. Mm -hmm. And that in itself is a little bit weird obviously you're gonna have to investigate to know all the information but why even designate it as anything i've i've since reading about lavina i have looked into other cases of questionable deaths that have happened that were designated as not combat related that they haven't said if it was a suicide a homicide or anything and it's been 
years. Years. So it's interesting to say that they were initially so quick to say one thing and then they were very quick to also change it again to another designation. Mm -hmm. So just little things that raise questions to people who are looking into it. On August 16th, her father called the casualty liaison for information on her death. And the liaison made a phone call and got back to him that same day to say that he was told the evidence was so messed up that it would take a year to straighten out. Why would it take, why would it, okay. Mm -hmm. Why was the evidence so messed up? Well, you know, I don't know. It was only three days later that this liaison called back and said it was a suicide. Okay, so then period. Wh- where where was the year? Where was the year period? Where was the year? And then three days later. Three days later. That's the fastest like, that that he, that her family got answers for anything. That's like the fastest turnaround time yeah. of all time. So after the autopsy was done on the twenty second of July, usually the turnaround time for that is same day, next day. Mm-hmm. They weren't told. The, they didn't tell the family until. August 3rd. Yeah. That's over a week. That might be close to two weeks That's later. way too long. There was no rape kit done, but there was also, according to them, no mm-hmm. sign of a struggle. I have to say, I always think this whenever I hear this. In this kind of situation where we don't know what happened, mm-hmm. no matter what, why would you not perform a rape kit? Every time. Why? Right. I, I completely agree. I completely it agree. It doesn't matter if there was – if her pa- – if she was clothed or she – you know, like what? There should have been done. Mm-hmm. Just do it. So the story goes that she stuck an M16 in her mouth and shot herself after attempting to set herself on fire, which <sighs> that just seems like the worst way to try to commit suicide. The the M16, okay, maybe because it's all she had available For to sure. her. But the the fact that she set on – which we'll see – we'll talk about. But she set papers on fire. She set herself on fire and the tent on fire before she decided to shoot herself. No. Why? She wouldn't no, have done that. No. What, anybody tell me why you would do that. And, it you know, you could be like, well, you don't know what she's thinking – it doesn't make any sense that you would set yourself on fire before no, you shoot yourself. No, it doesn't. That is, that is the most suspicious part of the, of the evidence yeah, inside absolutely, of the tent. Absolutely. Lavina was five foot one, mm-hmm. and her dad said that her arms would have been too short to be able to pull the trigger on that, being that her arms were so short. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like, who really knows? Unless right. you're sitting there with her of doing course. it in front of you. Of course. I have tried a little experiment myself and it seemed with a different type of gun. But the one that you tried is the same, is the same, is the same Length weapon. Length and everything. It's okay. the same weapon. So if that's the case, I was, I'm 5'4", five, 5'5"-ish five, five in between there and I was, I would have been perfectly able to do it. So mm-hmm. I, I find that to be, it's one of those, it's one of those, there's a lot of things in this story where we'll say I, I would love to be able to say, for sure, like her father is totally right, and I want to be on Back his side 100%. for sure. Yeah. So anyway, I, I experienced myself, and it seems like I would have been able to shoot myself with an M16 if I sat in a chair and had it on the ground. So it's possible maybe her arms were shorter. I mean, it's like who knows? Who, right. who really knows? Right. But it does seem like it is possible. So on September 19th, the criminal liaison gave a copy of the autopsy mm-hmm. to the Johnson family, which stated that it was a suicide. And the next day after the copy of the autopsy was given, a criminal investigator came to talk to Lavina's dad. 
Lavina's mom did not want to talk to the criminal investigator, but he waited until she got home and she was out for the day, but he waited until she got home and Lavina's dad was gone Oh, and he talked to her separately. He ended up telling Lavina's mom, Linda, we're going to do everything in our power to find out what happened to your daughter, hmm. which I don't know. It's It seems like maybe he he also assumed foul play. You yeah. Know? It's, this sounds like a, I mean, I'm sorry, but this may not to make light of it. It sounds like a Leslie Note moment where she's like, we are so sorry right. that you fell right, in that right, pit. Right, right, right. Because he's a slow level guy who's just going to talk to the family. So he doesn't, he hasn't been told, shut the fuck up. Yeah, don't say anything about this. Culpability. Absolutely. Or okay. Which um, that's interesting. That's a, kind of like a, one of the other inconsistencies, I would say. Mm-hmm. Okay. So with cases like this, the military always assumes that because their, you know, daughter or son has joined and they will, they, their daughter or son who has taken that oath to defend our country, that the family will also be compliant Mm -hmm. and just kind of deal with the military's timeline. But as we find out through this story, the Johnson family was like, nope, no, especially her dad, who mm-hmm. was a 20 year veteran. Right. He knows how the military works. Mm-hmm. And he even told he, he even told a representative for the military. I know how things go mm-hmm. in the military because I was there. Yeah. So that's not I'm a civilian now. Right. That's not how I'm working. Right. And he had said, you know, I know that once you may make a designation, you're not going to turn back around and say we were wrong. Oh, we were wrong. So- and that's. A hundred percent true. While that representative for the army told the Johnsons that her death was under criminal investigation initially, he later in the St. Louis dispatch article that I just talked about a minute ago said that while a criminal investigation unit was performing the investigation, it did not mean a crime had been committed, which sounds just like some bullshit lawyer spin right there. Yeah, that sounds like, oh, I didn't say. Yeah. It's like when guys are like, I didn't say you were being a bitch. I said you were acting like a bitch. <laughs> yeah. Though that, that really makes it a lot different. Yeah. I mean, that just doesn't make a lot of sense. The military debit card that she had been assigned or that had been issued to her had never been found either even though it was used two hours before her death so that's just another one of these well where did that card go right it wasn't in any of the articles they collected from the crime scene makes it seem like there was someone maybe else involved that could have taken it with her i mean i guess it could have just been misplaced but that's just a little bit weird so their family received pictures of the crime scene and we've seen pictures of the crime scene, mm-hmm. and it's, ugh, it's, oh, it's terrible. Terrible. This is the first time I've cried actually watching and doing any kind of research on a case because you know I understand what she was going through, especially as a female in the military. Mm-hmm. Anyways, so her father described the picture of Lavina laying down with her right arm covering her face, which she was right-handed, mm-hmm. and. It's it's very it's very strange that her right arm would be covering her her face. Yeah. Because who would use their their other arm unless you're ambidextrous? Who would use their other hand to mm-hmm. do this? Wouldn't you just do it with your dominant yeah hand? Also, I've never been shot and I've never seen somebody get shot mm-hmm. live. But I don't think it's anything like how it is in the movies where. There's a two second delay where you can just fling your arm across your yeah. your face. 
and she, die. In order, and we'll post, I mean, unfortunately, like, we'll warn you, but for, you know, they're awful, right. but we'll post the picture so that you can see it. But in order to, to die the way that she was found, she would have had to sh- have shot herself. The gun would have had to have flung beside her across a cot and she would have had to fly backwards and her hand that she used to shoot the gun would have had to then land over her face. And in my opinion, what it looked like from like just the initial photographs they took of the crime scene, it looked like this is going to sound probably like to some of you like conspiracy, but, and I guess it could be, but it looked to me like her, her hand and her arm were positioned over her face to conceal her face on the photographs. Mm-hmm. Cause it doesn't make a lot of sense that you would shoot yourself sitting down on a chair with an M16 and then fly off of the bench onto the ground. And then the, the hand you sh- use to shoot the gun flung over your face. Also just in, you know, I'm not a gun expert, so I'm not claiming to be from just cursory reading. I do think that the bullet in that M16 is created to pierce armor of some sort not maybe not armor but maybe i don't know what you armor i mean as you say armor nowadays is, or am i talking like fucking knights like and knights. swords and um, shit but it doesn't explode whenever it enters a body it goes through it right i think is what right so let's part of the reason why it's so difficult for them to determine what was an exit wound or an entry wound in her head because they don't look that different when shot from this gun is what I read. I mean, I mean so if it was like a hollow point bullet, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. then I think, okay, again, oh my gosh, any gun nerds are going to come at yeah, us that's hard. hard. Yeah. Listen, we're openly stating that we're not gun yes, experts. Yes, okay? I'm not a gun expert. I'm not. I was in the military and I didn't have, I didn't, that's not what I did. But I don't know, I from what I know and what I've heard, and again, just precursory research on it, I think a hollow point bullet would be what would be used to to create that sort of effect mm-hmm. and then there are there are armor piercing rounds mm-hmm. but i don't know that that's something that's issued again i i don't know that that's something that's issued to the army mm-hmm. so supposedly what they're issued is a clean in and out type of bullet uh-huh, okay okay and not the explode so it's not everywhere. like a quentin tarantino film yeah okay but I don't know for sure, right. and if I'm wrong, don't yell at me. All I'm saying, it doesn't really matter that much either way. I would, I would assume if you shot yourself sitting in a chair with a M16 that you would die, and that M16 would probably be resting against you. Your finger might still be on the trigger. Yeah. It would be on your person pretty much because right. you just shot yourself, and it wasn't like you had time to like fling the gun around right. or yourself. Right. But maybe she shot herself, and and before she died, she flung her the gun one way and flung herself the other. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I- According to the crime scene photos, a shell from. The gun was laying under her right leg also. Mm-hmm. That's the facts. Mm-hmm. The gun is across uh, across a cot. It's laying parallel to her body, not really anywhere near her, yards away. And a bullet shell, a bullet casing was under her right leg. And her right arm was over her, her face and her hand was over her face. On the medical report that the coroner provided the family, they concluded that Lavina died from a gunshot wound to the head. And then they later changed it to suicide. Then it said that she was crazy, 
then depressed, then said that she hated her life and she didn't want to live. They were citing three of her fellow soldiers as sources of this, though two of those three further explained that she was only joking and she would never take her life, saying that she wouldn't want to hurt her family. Uh, While this is obviously one of the only ways to investigate how a person was behaving before their death, conversely, who the hell knows how well these people really knew her or how their own experiences could color how they interpreted her actions or the things that she said, and more troubling even what motives that they may have to paint a certain picture to the investigators about Lavina and her death. Mm-hmm. I know that it's just what happens after somebody dies, but I always think about that with myself. Like, if I died, certain people might... Who knows? Like, right. who knows what they thought about me or how they interpreted the things that I did? And if, like, watching that Aaron Hernandez documentary, I'm like, did this guy really know him that well? Or right. did this guy just, was this guy just in love with him all this time? Yeah. You know? And now he's acting like they were, like, super close. Super, it's like, hard. In a relationship it's, how do yeah. you really know what you're taking from witnesses and what, what is, what is actually true and what's not? Or, or inflated? Who knows? Or what is just definitely their opinion or their outlook on, on the situation. Yeah. I mean, right? it's hard to, it's hard to say. Yeah. Obviously, that's one of the only ways we can gather information. Right. So we need it. But right. it's also just sometimes I'm just like, who even is this person? Mm-hmm. Obviously, these people only knew her for five weeks. I mean, unless they were previously with her before she was deployed, they haven't known her that long. You right. know, it's only been a month, a little over a month right. before she was dead. So the third soldier said that Levina was upset about a breakup that she had with a fellow soldier that she had met back in the States. And later in the report, it states that, again, that she would never kill herself. So it's kind of all over the place as far as what they're saying could happen. And and while uh, that's totally understandable, they haven't known her very long. Uh, Witness statements also stated that she had, in fact, been raped while she was in the military. But that the family, her family, had no idea. It's just what it, I mean, how I do you tell your family yeah. that? Some, especially considering your parents were like, please don't do this. Right. I really would rather you just go to school here and be great. You know, right. we'll pay for you. It'll be okay. Yep. And you're like, no, I can do this on my own. I'm an independent woman. And then you are like, well, I got raped while I was here. Right. That's awful. It's, um, just, a, it's just a terrible. And sh- as close as she was with her mom and her dad. What a terrible thing to have to tell your family. It really, it is. I'm sure. So she had actually been receiving treatment for the fact that she had been raped. It would be, it would be mental. It would be like the mental health advocate. Oh, also, wasn't she receiving actual like physical? Yes. Yeah. Because 10 days before she was found dead, she found out that she had, had contracted genital rewards from her rape. So (sighs) she was getting treatment for that. Like you had already said, she did not disclose any of this to her family, mm-hmm. but they received this information through the documents that they they had received from the army after her death, which I'm sure felt great to get that information. Of course. Something else that I just was like, what are the fucking chances that a woman is raped and within five weeks just kills herself yeah. in the military? <sighs> you know? Yeah, I mean... I know that we all experience things in different ways. Mm-hmm. You know, we all are able to either move on from traumatic experiences or we take them and really feel them. And so it could be that she took that and she really felt it and she yeah. really felt ashamed and embarrassed and hurt and mm-hmm. angry. And that's what she decided to do. Mm-hmm. But I mean, the circumstances are just so suspicious. Yeah. And her character 
is so much different as far as everything that we researched. We didn't know her personally. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Her character just seems much different than that is all I can say. And then as we'll go along, it's also just like, <laughs> you're, you're trying to tell me that all these women happen to be raped and then kill themselves within weeks. All these women who went into the military, some a place that really isn't that friendly towards women in the first place. It's and not. so you have to be kind of an obstinate individual to be able to do that in the first place. You and have to know going in. And like you do as a female going into the military, you know going in that there are men in the military right now mm-hmm. that are like women should not yeah, be in the military. Yeah, for sure. And so I, I just – it just seems like well, the chances are not this high that this many women get raped mm-hmm. and then kill themselves. Right, Like right. no, go fuck yourself. So members of her unit said that Lavina told them that she was going to go jogging with friends on the other side of the base the night she died and one unit member walked with her to the post exchange where she bought a soda and then in her army workout clothes went on by herself to meet friends and get exercise that unit member said that she was in good spirits with no indication of personal emotional problems or anything of the sort Mm -hmm. and so in addition to that a statement made by her company commander Captain David Woods said in regard to Lavina this soldier was clearly happy and seemingly very healthy physically and emotionally So Lavina's father asked, if Lavina was so depressed like they claimed and wanted to die, then why was she allowed to carry an M16? Which, yes, good question. Also, he wanted to know what info that they had that she was depressed. So the paperwork stated that she had a change in her eating habits and she was eating ice cream four to five times a day (laughs) in a sweltering heat. Mm -hmm. I mean – I eat ice cream four to five times a day in a blizzard. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't, but... No, I do eat it every day. <laughs> but I love, first of all, I love ice cream. Also, if it's sweltering heat, of course she's yeah. going to be eating ice cream. What in the... F- How is that a determination of her of her being depressed or, or not? Or her mental health. I mean, really, that is the stupidest thing. That's the most stereotypical bullshit response that anybody could ever give. Uh, she was eating a lot of ice cream, so she must have been depressed. Okay, like, what... The paperwork also stated that she hated her life and she didn't want to live, so her dad asked for a a psych evaluation. Okay, but the first question that I have, and I ask this as somebody who was in the military, granted I wasn't in 2011, so maybe things have changed in Mm -hmm. the six years between when I was in and when she was in, Mm -hmm. but if she was mentally unstable, she would definitely have been deemed a risk to the mission. Mm-hmm. Which is the only thing that the military cares about. Yeah. So that being said, why would they allow her to be deployed? I mean, I sat here and said, oh, I never got to get deployed because mm-hmm. that's kind of like an honor. It's like a kind of a badge of honor that you get to get deployed. Mm-hmm. So why would they allow her to be deployed? Also, if she was mentally unsound, aside from for her own protection, but honestly for the protection of the rest of the army's property – which I'm saying the soldiers of the army's property, Mm -hmm. well, why would she be allowed to have an M16 issued to her? Pretty good question. Again, I don't know if the Air Force is different from the army in in that regard and how they see those particular things, but those were just questions that I had because I understand the small things that the military does as far as protecting their own assets is concerned. 
so yeah so like we were saying the change in our eating habits uh, okay anyways i mean that's just not not a legitimate Mm -hmm. no doctor is taking she's eating a lot of ice cream as a an indicator of someone's mental health (laughs) no um that would be i would be in big fucking trouble in that case um so i found the congressional correspondence between lavina's father and other congressional members and the army there's a lot of different correspondence going back and forth it's all you know i I believe if i requested FOIA, if i made a FOIA request that these documents would actually be included in that but luckily for the old internet i was able to get them without that in those documents from her father to the army and to different members of congress and this is stuff that i want to mention that may be the truth but all I have, all we had to be able to verify that was Lavina's father's statements of what ha- he has received and the very few pictures and stuff that we were able to actually see with our own eyes and any, any data that we were able to actually see. But it's hard to completely discredit him because he has more stuff than we know. He has more stuff than I have. But also the 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 information that most people were using to do their autopsies and whatnot was simply information provided to them by the army, mm-hmm. which how does that really give you all the information? Right, right. So I want to give what he says some amount of credence. Absolutely. I would like to mention it. I would love to believe him. I want to mention it in the way that like we haven't been able to verify this with our own eyes. So what he says is that her body was delivered to her I'm sorry, to her family with her dress, uniform, gloves glued to her hands, which I always found that to be a very odd circumstance. Yeah. Now, I did see pictures of her hands whenever she was found, or I guess probably before her autopsy. And they look waterlogged, and there are some deep lacerations on her fingertips. But other than that, I don't really see anything that they would be trying to hide by gluing her gloves on her hands. Mm-hmm. I know her family says that her hand, one of her hands was burned. Maybe it was doused in some sort of corrosive liquid I don't, or, or, or flammable liquid. I don't really know. But it does seem weird that they would glue her gloves on her hands to the point where it was they were super glued on and they could not get them off whenever her body had been received by them. Yeah. That's very, very odd. Maybe that would be to prevent someone from being able to do any sort of forensics on her hands mm-hmm. that could maybe lead to someone else or something. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing I can think. Because like visually, I couldn't really – find anything that I thought, well, that would be why they did that, obviously. They also say that the bullet wound did not match the gun that was issued to Lavina and that the bullet was never found that was used to kill Lavina, mm-hmm. whether it was by herself or someone else. Mm-hmm. They never actually found the bullet and the army said it was because it flew out of the tent <sighs> through an open flap. Okay. So, oh, oh, just it just happened to have <laughs> gone through an open flap. Which that's absurd. That's, out of all the absurd. spaces that it mm-hmm. could have gone through, out of all of the solid parts of the tent where mm-hmm. a hole could have been made mm-hmm. by a, an exit wound or an ex- a bullet exiting her head, it happened to go through a little flap in a tent. That is just ridiculous. But okay, it's 0.15% possible. <laughs> the it's chances are low, right. you know, but it's possible. But I mean, just doesn't really make a lot of sense. Her father says that there were bruises, abrasions on her neck that her 
lip was busted. She definitely had some deep lacerations on the side of her mouth and above her lip. She also had broken teeth. They say that these things were never explained, but like you and I were kind of talking about it's, last night. Yeah, yeah, it's possible those things could be the result of, of shooting yourself in the, in the mouth. mouth. For sure. So while I do think that I don't have any idea what putting an M16 in your mouth and firing it would do to your mouth. I did think that the deep deep cuts on her like she would have had to have gotten stitches if she were alive like there were some deep cuts on her mouth and i was just like well what would have caused what would have caused that maybe a gunshot for sure i know it's like it's exploding hot out of a metal out of a gun right but also could be something else right could have been some other kind of violence that was going on before she was shot her father also claims that she had a dislocated shoulder maybe that could have happened from a gunshot too you know now that i think about it Perhaps. Well, the kickback from a from firing a gun like that, mm-hmm. if you're not firing it correctly, yeah, that could definitely happen. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, working out. I mean, again, I don't want to discredit her or anything and yeah, say, yeah, yeah. oh, this was just maybe we have to out. like think about all the possibilities. But here. there are, but that is that is my that is the way I am, and I think about it in a lot of different capacities mm-hmm. i mean it could be that she dislocated her shoulder working out yeah. I mean, you know about working out and mm-hmm. maybe lifting wrong i don't know if that's possible mm-hmm. but that that sounds like that could be a possibility i mean you saw the bruises on her arm mm-hmm. as a woman i get bruises on my arms and yeah. legs all the time mm-hmm. just regardless of what i'm doing i just hit it on something and then i'm sure maybe like her ruck- rucksack um you know carrying shit all the time that I mean, that that's a possibility too mm-hmm. I, I yeah i mean who knows who knows but i want to mention i want to mention these things so absolutely well it's like let's talk about it and think about what it could be it's kind of like in a paranormal situation mm-hmm. where you're trying to eliminate all the all the possibilities or not eliminate but consider and then absolutely. maybe eliminate it's kind of what the army didn't do here where they were trying they didn't really take into consideration all the possibilities before they were like Let's just say it's a it's a suicide. It a it's suicide, a suicide. Okay, sure. let's like shut the fuck up about anything else. So her father also says that there was visible trauma to her vaginal area in autopsy photos that looked as though corrosive su- a, a corrosive substance was poured onto it. Which, if that's true, holy shit, that's the most damning evidence. <laughs> Be kidding me. I mean, but here beside the fact. There's a couple things that her father is convinced that she was raped oh, for sure. before being killed. Mm-hmm. And maybe she was, maybe she wasn't, because we'll never be able to probably determine that. Right. But we know for damn sure she was raped before she was killed. Mm-hmm. Maybe not that very hour, mm-hmm. but she was raped weeks before she was killed. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, when when everybody's talking about how she was raped before she was killed, I'm like, well, yeah, she was absolutely raped before she was killed. Right. She was raped weeks before she was killed. No matter what, if it happened afterwards or not, she was raped before she was killed. So the tent that Lavina was found in was set on fire. Now, I don't know. I've seen some picture. I saw a kind of far away, like from a distance picture of the outside of the tent maybe looks like there was it had been set on fire that part i can't i don't think we can say 100 percent, but we do know that there was a fire set inside of the tent mm-hmm. and that she was someone attempted or she or someone else attempted to set her on fire mm-hmm. uh, and it obviously did not work very well but that we can say for for sure whether the tent itself was set on fire or not i don't know but her father says yes it was according to the information that he was given by the yeah. uh, by the army um he also says that there were drops of blood that were found outside of the tent that she was found in 
when he also says that there was a pool of smeared blood with large footprints in it inside the tent that was yards from the body. Mm. Uh, I have one or two photos of the blood pool around her head from when she was found inside the tent. I don't know if I saw footprints in it, but what he thinks based off of the pictures, and he has more than I've seen, and I'm sure has larger photos than I've seen, you know, better quality. Of course. He believes that she was moved into that tent and that there were drops of blood that came from her while she was being moved into the tent. And that she, he also thinks that she was raped and assaulted and corrosive liquid was poured on her vaginal area and then she was dressed. Inside the tent. So whether that's true or not, I don't know. Like we talked about, he doesn't believe that she would be able to shoot herself with the M16 being 5-1. Like we talked about already, that's that's one of those that I think is it, it's it's probably possible that she could have done it. I'm, I mean, it may not have been easy, but she probably could have done it. And I can't really use that as like a for sure she didn't do for this. For sure. Like I talked about earlier, she lived in barracks with fellow soldiers, sh- with, with all her shoulders, with all her fellow soldiers. But the officials kept referring to the tent in which she was found in as her tent, even though it's supposedly a KBR contractor tent. And I don't know why they would want it to appear that she was in her own living quarters i don't really i guess because otherwise it's like why was she she dead in this other place you know good question though why was she dead in a contractor tent why would she go into a contractor tent and then just kill herself i mean i just don't understand this but i guess it's possible that she did uh the position of her body was not consistent with the force of impact from the type of gunshot that they determined okay mm-hmm, which i think we can agree with yeah. i mean as as we may not be forensic experts but I'm not i a just ballistics, ballistics like expert or anything but i just it's a, uh, it would be a, a very old timey soap opera kind of thing oh, i mean maybe sure. maybe but it would literally mean that she would fling her gun arm. and then herself and, and then, then her, her arm, arm. yeah mm-hmm. no it's so after shooting weird. yourself you know and i wonder if you shoot yourself through the mouth with an m16 i'm sure there's a possibility that you don't die i'm sure someone's done it and hasn't killed themselves yes. i'm sure most yes. people kill themselves Absolutely. and i wonder how long that would take is there enough time for her to fling a gun to the one side fling herself to another and then her arm over her head after shooting herself i mean they talk about you know your head being able to still make facial expressions after being executed by uh, a guillotine uh-huh um for like five seconds for or like five mm-hmm. seconds so maybe uh, maybe i mean that would be just th- and also why would she do it you know why would she take that last moment to throw to the throw- gun across yeah. the cot yeah he okay so her father says in autopsy photos it appears as if Evidence was tampered with as her shoes are on the right feet and then they're on the wrong feet in another picture and then they're on the right feet again in a later picture. I don't know if this is something that I really could verify. I was trying to look at photos that I could find and see if there was some sort of stamp on them, but I I can't verify that. And to be honest, her dad has put in every single day. Yeah. Uh, He has put in work. Mm-hmm. Looking at every single centimeter and millimeter sure. of these photos. For sure. Every single day since her death. Yeah. And we don't have these photos. Yeah. And so. we, a, a, we don't have these photos. Mm-hmm. And B, we haven't done research for 15 years yeah. on this case. Yeah, for sure. Because I'm sure as, you know, a parent, that's probably, that's your 
yeah. that's what you're obsessed with every day. Oh, my God. I mean, I can't even imagine being in the position, how utterly frustrating your daughter dying, being murdered by somebody, and you being told nothing. And Um, what an absolute nightmare to have to go through your daughter's photos every day. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, mean, yeah, because her family... They don't even have pictures of her hanging her in their house anymore because her Aww, parents can't, like her mother can't bear it. So I, I, uh, so her father has just taken on this burden of trying to find the, the truth. truth. Uh, so military officials terminated all inquiries of fellow soldiers in regard to her death completely. So they weren't really trying to find out further information about oh, what happened. That. That's terrible. Another interesting aspect in her autopsy was that there was not significant gunshot residue on her hands, but it does seem like she probably would have some, and she didn't have a chance to clean her hands off before she before she died. died. And again, no vaginal swabs were taken, and no investigation into a sexual assault was taken whatsoever, which is just asinine, even if... There's nothing staring you, like, blatantly in the face. The fact that you clearly didn't even know what to determine her death, the cause of death, as, and you're telling me, well, there's nothing suspicious, so we're not going to investigate any sort of assault whatsoever. That is just either absolute negligence and incompetence, or there's a element of... We don't want to know any more about this. It's so fucking this. unacceptable. It's so fucking unacceptable. Yeah. Like, we don't want to know what the real answer mm-hmm. would be. Even if it's not some giant cover-up from the top down. Right. The fact that they're like, this doesn't look good for us. So let's just say she killed it's herself. It's a PR thing. Yeah. I mean, it could be a few different things. But, yeah, it doesn't even have to be this enormous conspiracy of everybody mm-hmm. in the military. You know, mm-hmm. it could just be, uh, this doesn't look great. Let's call it a day. Yep. So I want to know why the Army was not taking all possibilities and angles into consideration when investigating Lavina's death versus being quick to call it a suicide. It's this kind of tunnel vision, like I said, that makes the situation seem suspicious, regardless of whether they're being sinister or not. Mm-hmm. So Lavina's dad was... He was amazing. Well, he is, yeah, still. <laughs> yeah, he still is amazing. Yes. <laughs> um, and he did re- research himself regarding rape and suicide statistics or quote-unquote suicide statistics mm-hmm. in the military as far as females are concerned. And he ended up finding the story of Tina Priest, who had also been raped, and she had actually told her parents about it. Now, Tina had told them she was okay, but she was angry, hurt, and embarrassed. And then five days after she told them, she also committed, quote unquote, suicide. Mm -hmm. And her mom said from the beginning that it wasn't like her. Um, Priest at five foot two, it was determined that she could not have shot herself with an an M16. So when the priest family took that to to the army, they said, oh, she could have – she must have pulled the trigger with her big toe. Mm -hmm. People say that about – Kurt Cobain. People too. said that about Kurt Cobain as well. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think it's possible that she could have shot herself. But I do think also, why would, I mean, Tina Priest, she talked to her family. She was getting treatment. She was handling the situation. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, anybody who experiences a rape has been through trauma. Mm-hmm. And so anything could happen mm-hmm. with your brain and the way you handle it. Mm-hmm. But it just seems like, she probably 
was trying her best to work through it because mm-hmm. she spoke with people, with her family and mental health professionals and was trying to work through it. And, and again, Lavina reported it and she was getting counseling and she was getting professional health help. It wasn't like these people were trying to avoid it and just spiraling into this, right. this downward tunnel of despair. They were being proactive in their try and trying to over, move on from, yeah, the move on from the situation. And here's another person that experienced something that is just hinky as fuck. So there was a woman named Heather Gunterson McKinney. She was found dead in the middle of a road. Mm. It looked like she had been run over. One of her sergeants had come by her post in the middle of the night and she went with him, but they weren't sure why. His story was that she voluntarily went with him, left her post to go drinking with him. She got drunk and was sitting in his passenger seat as they were driving back to the base, I guess, after having sex. So he 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 was saying, we had sex. We mm-hmm. left. Mm-hmm. She came with me on her own accord. We got drunk and had sex. We were driving back to the base. And then all of a sudden, I looked over and she was not in my car anymore. But he did remember hearing a thumb. Hold on. I have a question. Mm-hmm. So they're trashed. Yeah. Yeah. So he's driving? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. That's fine. No, that's cool. That's fine. Got it. Perfect. Um, Thank you. But better yet, though, he looks over. She's not in the car anymore. He remembers hearing a thump, but he doesn't remember running over her, and he just went home. He oh. says, I, okay. he acknowledges Sorry. that he gave her alcohol and had sex with her. Later on, a convoy was coming through and found her body in the middle of the road. So this fucking asshole was not guilty. Was he went to court for this or, you know, um, oh, this makes military me so mad. Court. This makes me so mad. He was not guilty of vehicular homicide or manslaughter. He wasn't docked pay. He, no. He was was docked one month of pay. Okay, so he was docked one month of pay, but he was not kicked out of the military. The family had no clue about any of this stuff. And uh, an investigation was going on this whole time and knew exactly what had happened. They had no fucking idea. I have to say, if you're driving with someone and they're all of a sudden not in your car anymore, I would think that you might go turn the fuck around and go look for them. Hey, this person was in my car. Now they're not. That's. I remember hearing a thump. I remember hearing a thump, though. But I was just like, oh, she must have just fucking disappeared. She's a witch. I'm going to go about my merry day. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Are you fucking kidding me? Uh-uh. I truly don't even understand. I really don't. It's a story about a woman in the military that the military decided didn't matter. Even if she just seriously fell out of your car on her own accord, you're a fucking prick that drove off and left her there. Mm-hmm. But, I completely agree. But – I don't think that's How? what happened. That okay. seems like no, 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 no one. No. That's not a normal. That's that, a. That's weird. <laughs> this is not even legitimate. Uh, okay, if you want to go look for yourself, there's a site called protectourdefenders.com. I'm not even going to read stories from this because there are so many. There's a long list of people that mail in. Some of them are uh, anonymous and some of them are not. Most of them are not anonymous. Stories of what has happened to them in the military of being raped or assaulted and trying to report it and what happens to them after that. And a lot of them, most of them, are ostracized while they're still there. They are treated like pariahs. They are told that they are lying. So the other story that I have is when I was in tech school. Now, this girl is no longer in the military, but I think he is. Okay. So I guess, okay, 
So when you go to tech school, that's right after your basic training. Mm -hmm. And again, we're all 18, 19, 20. And we go out, you know, we, we, there's a week where you can't go out. You have to do, you have to be the control person uh, at the desk. Okay. Which means nothing Mm -hmm. when you're in tech school because, I mean, who's going to get into a military installation? Yeah. But the second week of being in tech school, I wasn't allowed to go out because I wasn't 21 at the time, but Mm -hmm. this girl was, and so was the guy. And what happened was they went out as a group, Mm -hmm. and the next day she reported to OSI, which is um, the Air Force Office of of Special Investigations, Mm -hmm. that she had been raped while she was out. Now, we all – God, and I hate this guy now, and (laughs) I hate this guy now – but we, he was kind of, he's kind of like the spirit of tech school and he was always like talking to everybody mm-hmm. and like fun and shit. And when she reported it, everybody started ostracizing her mm-hmm. and everybody was like, you're lying. And it's true. That's exactly what they do. Mm-hmm. You're lying. You're just saying that to get attention. Mm-hmm. And even the girl that I was dorming with was like, I don't think she's telling the truth. I think she's lying. Mm-hmm. And she's not in anymore and she's way out of the, I mean, she's in the country, but she's like way out. She's, she's gone. We don't know where she is anymore, but she got out and she had some serious mental health issues. Mm-hmm. And, but the office of special investigations kind of like mm-hmm. left it at her investigate at her report mm-hmm. and just said she was lying about the whole thing. And they didn't, she was – they were in – like, we were all in the same class because mm-hmm. they didn't separate the class that we were all in. Mm-hmm. I mean, can you imagine being in – can you imagine being in a classroom with the person that assaulted you no. for six fucking weeks? Mm-hmm. I, like, it pisses – it makes me so mad. It makes me so sad for her because I know everything that she's gone through, like, at this point – and she's gone through so many mental health problems. Right. And it's just no military, no military branch is going to take the time to listen to, listen to you. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's pretty much all I have to say about that. Like no, nobody listened to her and everybody fucking hated her. I mean, that's just fuck. That's so fucked. I mean, obviously we, we all, I think anybody with a brain can understand that that's fucked up. There was another story that I read similar to that where it was a man who he said, I was in the military at, a, at out of high school. I was a smaller guy. I weighed 120 pounds. Um, I was repeatedly raped and assaulted by a high up person. I mean, I, I don't remember right. exactly. And he said he reported it and he was harassed more. He was told, shut the fuck up. Don't talk shit about your commanding officer, whoever Jesus. it was. Don't. Don't lie about this kind of stuff because you're a little bitch. You know, like basically they just demeaned him. He was assaulted constantly and physically, you know, assaulted and raped. It happened to him so many times that he eventually just went AWOL and the military gave him a dishonorable discharge to which he fought because he said, I reported these assaults and rapes over and over. And he Mm -hmm. was told, go fuck yourself. And this went on and essentially like he, he said, ruined his life, ruined his career for his entire life until he was 46 or 47 when the army, they finally gave him a 
an honorable discharge and he was oh, great. at 46. Oh, finally great. able to, you know, use whatever experience he had as a reference frame of a reference because it was a big portion of his life. Because you are know? you kidding me? A dishonorable discharge mm. is a it, uh, it's a huge stain against your against you. Yeah. Because when you look for a job too like mm-hmm. they look at your history like if you say that you're in the military or anything yeah. they and you have to say that you were in the military they look at your social and say oh this guy was dishonorable di- he dishonorably has no choice. discharged uh-huh. you have no you have you you can't do anything yeah. about it so you better just be happy to get raped by us so that you can then go on and live your life yeah uh or else we're going to ruin your life i mean it's fucking ridiculous so as far as the Johnsons are concerned, after two years of requesting the documents that they wanted and filing FOIA requests, uh, Lavina's father went hard on this stuff. Like, he oh, yeah. was over and over trying to file FOIA requests. He was trying – and they would send him, like, you know, some petty-ass bullshit. Mm. He'd have to file more. He was contacting anybody he could contact. They finally sent him uh, Xerox copies of some of their autopsy files and – I think we kind of have already touched on this, but included in that was a photocopy of a CD, which I remember when I first heard that, I was like, these motherfuckers, what kind of smart ass is like, here's this, here's photocopy. a copy, here's Fuck a copy you. of the CD that you requested, and it's a photocopy. Are you kidding um, me? The Johnsons and this congresswoman, I believe, that was on that documentary, I think she's a congresswoman. She was definitely, I know she was in the military, she mm-hmm. was like, a colonel or a lieutenant colonel in mm-hmm. the military, which is, I mean, that's per- that's right right beneath a general. So she had said that her what she felt was that somebody was trying to tell them, look, we have more we have more mm-hmm. documents than we're saying they're mm-hmm. saying you do. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know, you know. I've always thought when I heard that years and years ago, I thought, what a fucking asshole. <laughs> Someone right. was like. You well, want a, the, you want a copy, copy of the CD that we have of our autopsy photos? Well, I'll give you a copy. Yeah. So the Johnsons had Lavina's body exhumed in 2007 for an autopsy that was performed by St. Louis County's medical examiner. Not a actual, I believe, and not an actual physician or a doctor or medical examiner. It's just like a county employee. But at the time that they had, that they performed the second autopsy and it was, you know, it was two years after she had been buried. So it's not like it was immediately after her death. And mm. this was like really, I mean, I hate to say fresh body, but her body had been decomposing for two, two years. years. So it's not like there was a lot left there for him to physically look at there with her body. He did not even have the photos from the crime scene or her autopsy that the army had taken at the time. So he was only going off of photo, those photocopies. And then I guess some of the information that the army had provided Lavina's family Mm -hmm. so it wasn't a real thorough autopsy it like a second autopsy it wasn't a very thorough second autopsy he determined that she died from a gunshot wound but he couldn't determine if it was self-inflicted or not Mm -hmm. because he didn't really have that much information a lot of people i've seen seem to use this autopsy the second autopsy as her parents not accepting the truth that she killed herself i'm just like it was performed by using information the military gave you. Right. That's it. That's right. that's all you had. Right. So if the military is trying to not make it look like another one of their young women was murdered on deployment, then they're not going to give you information that makes it look like this young black woman was, was murdered on deployment. So a second autopsy, I mean, it's great that they were able to do it 
but it didn't really tell them much and it doesn't really tell anybody much. So you can't really use any of the autopsies as proof positive that Mm -hmm. she didn't kill herself Mm -hmm. or she did kill herself, Mm -hmm. unfortunately. I would love to be able to just be like, after researching this and looking at these photos and digging deeper into it. We've determined that. She absolutely, 100% didn't kill herself. But unfortunately, from the physical evidence that we are able to look at, we can't say that. But it's impossible the evidence (laughs) you know evidence that the evidence that there is out there is very it's not available yeah it's just not available Mm -hmm. and i don't really know if even her like i highly doubt even her father has all the information you know what i mean like i highly doubt it otherwise he would probably be telling it to the absolutely because you know what the thing was also in the documentary that we watched it's not like he that was his first choice was to go to the media no it's no, after no. he didn't get any information mm-hmm. from um from the government and repeated 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 requests for information and Little by the questions. way after that general promised on on air that he was going to as soon as and you know i saw that interview mm-hmm. where he's like well as soon as it's processed we'll give him all the information that we need mm-hmm Okay, first of all, I noticed that he was very careful with his words. Yeah, yeah. And second of all, as soon as the request was processed, they didn't give him the information that they needed. No. They had to, like, they had to get another another (gasps) senator or something involved. Yes. I mean, but even even yet... Even yet, the the horrific photos of the crime scene and the photos of her body before her autopsy that they do have, they don't. They're never going to tell the full Mm-mm. story, and and unfortunately, it sounds like probably that unless somebody speaks that knows more information that was there, or witnessed something, or mm-hmm. heard something from somebody, that it's never going to be cleared up for her, just yeah. like so many other horrific cases that we've heard of. And I just want to say that even if Lavina wasn't murdered, the fact that she was sexually assaulted weeks prior to her death and then by the chance that she actually, even if she actually did commit suicide from the trauma that she experienced by being raped mm-hmm. after being deployed, there's a serious fucking problem with the way the military allows for the opportunity for this to happen in the first place, the way that they handle it after it's reported, and then the culture that they cultivate in which this is a such a common occurrence that there is a name for it that there is a website for people to send in their own experiences and the fact that there are so many people who are left wondering what in the fuck happened to their family member who was raped Mm -hmm. and then ended up dead Mm -hmm. and then they are told by the military that they killed themselves it there's either a there's probably a combination anyway of a huge problem with the way that they handle mental health, the way that they handle the safety of the people that are in their ranks and of the people that are in their ranks that are dangerous who yeah. shouldn't be there in the first place. I, completely. I mean, how many how many killers have we heard of that were in the military? I mean, and then the other thing is mental health. You never want to go to the mental health professional on your base because your mental health professional is going to find something to kick like to kick you out. Oh, good. Yep. Good. Yep. Good. So before we end, now there is a lawyer named Donald Watkins. And I emailed him because he has some serious allegations that he has wagered against specific people who were in the military. 
he names a specific person as being the person who killed uh, Lavina, and I'm really not sure that I can say that I know 100% that he's telling the truth. He has some serious information, though. Like, he has a lot of very specific information. Like, he knows the serial number of the gun that Lavina was issued when she entered the, the army. He knows the serial number of the gun that was found to have been the one that shot her and there are two different serial numbers like i said he names a specific person and i will say that this specific person was kicked out of the military because he was discharged from discharged, the, from okay. the military well he was okay so he claims that in 2005 ariana huffington with the huffington post found out through research that lavina johnson's murderer was this man and he had been publicly fired because of an extramarital affair. <laughs> now, he has determined that this is actually because he was having an affair. He was told to quit this affair, but he continued on with it. And then Lavina actually walked in on him having this affair in, in a tent in a rock somewhere, which I find to be a little uh, I mean, that seems a little much. And yeah. there's no actual evidence that this man was actually in Iraq. But like I said, he has a lot, this, this lawyer has a lot of information. So the, the last thing I wanted to say, he names this general Kevin P. Burns as the person who murdered Lavina Johnson. He says that because this general Burns has never told him to cease and desist his mm-hmm. allegations, mm-hmm. that it's proof that he is guilty of something because mm-hmm. if he did file some sort of defamation lawsuit against him then then this lawyer would then have access to information about him right. that would and the Pentagon which he claims is also involved in this cover up that would lead to him finding out more than they want him to know so he claims that the investigation of private first class Lavina Johnson's death was listed on the Pentagon's 13F-1107 department-level interest list in 2013, which is well after her death, even though her case had been, quote-unquote, closed for eight years. He says that her case was placed on this list at the specific request of the Office of the Secretary of Defense and the Joint Staff. The OSD and the JS, which I looked myself in this this was her so the investigation of private first class Lavina Johnson is listed on this list this Pentagon list, whatever that means. And it is that number, and it does say that the offices of the Secretary of Defense and the Joint Staff are the agencies Holy in charge shit. of this investigation. Oh my God. Now I don't know what that even means right. really. Right. But I'm just saying that like what what he's saying here has some legitimacy to mm-hmm. it because in the FOIA documents that I found online, there it it was listed on a long list of various other FOIA requests, this file, mm-hmm. which was labeled 13F-1107, he says that her investigation was sandwiched between request numbers dealing with CENTCOM general meetings with George W. Bush about Iraq, and and then another one, a U.S. operation in Pakistan against Osama bin Laden. And in looking just based off that information, I did see this here. I can't tell you that that means anything, but it does seem... I wonder if that means that it is... as um as important mm-hmm. as those two different investigations or if it's just 
in the same timeline. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. And, right. I, and I really don't know. It, he What he says is, under the applicable Pentagon FOIA policy, a military matter would be placed on this list and require clearance by the Secretary of Defense and the chair, Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff only if A, it had the potential to generate media interest, B, was of interest or potential interest to DOD's senior leadership, and C, involved current or previous DOD leadership. Mm. They never disclosed what... Which one? Yeah, what it was, which which determination made it this important, what member of DOD leadership it could have involved, or anything of the, ma- of the sort. But it leaves some fairly significant answer or er, questions in my head regarding this, because in that same year... 2005, there were at least 83 soldiers that committed suicide, yet her death was the only one listed on this Pentagon's DLI list. And what is it about a woman who committed suicide amongst a bevy of other women mm-hmm. that committed suicide mm-hmm. that that makes her case put on a list where it's that important and secret? I don't really know. I emailed him and I and I told him Listen, I want to believe what you have to say is true because you are you seem very passionate about it. You seem to actually care about Lavina, her family, but I don't really want to use your information as truth if I can't verify the facts. Mm-hmm. And so he he actually he actually <laughs> Hello Midwestern. He actually emailed me right as we started recording and he said, Ashley, I have a copy of the case file assembled by the Johnson family. I also used Lavina's military records, the Army's initial investigative file, records from the Pentagon regarding Private Johnson and General Kevin Byrne, and both autopsy reports. I published publicly named General Kevin Byrne as the murderer in my articles. Yet, I never received a demand for a retraction, and General Byrne never sued me for defamation. He can't do so because that would give me legal access to the Pentagon's classified files and Private Johnson's murder. The Army has never discredited or disputed any facts in my series of reports. You may find this Rock Newman episode educational as well, and he gave me a link to a episode that he filmed with a, I think, like kind of like a independent reporter, I guess, that has a show online. Mm-hmm. So who knows? I think that it seems like the fact that nobody has a lot of information regarding her her death and what was going on in her life for leading up to that. And afterward, I want to take everybody's facts into consideration. It seems like he's put a lot of investigation into this. I don't know though. Like I said, I don't really have anything other than that. I literally with my own eyes saw congressional documents listing this as a case that was kind of sandwiched in between other things Mm -hmm. that he talked about. But other than that, I can't say for sure what happened. There was a private group, I think it was called the CIC, and they took this case on. They usually it's a group of college students at a private college and they they investigate cold cases as okay. like a fun little activity that they do. That I mean, I guess modus operandi might maybe that's the best way to put it. They like that's what they do is take on cold cases to investigate, usually for one year. Mm-hmm. They investigated Lavina Johnson's case for three years oh, and they sure. said that they investigated as thoroughly as possible. It was longer than all the other ones they have ever done and they didn't find anything that led them to need 
believe it was anything other than a suicide. Than what the <sighs> army said. Of course. That they didn't find any, any information to lead them to ask further questions from the army. Mm. And all they had were the army's documents. Mm. And oh, so. Weird. Okay. You know, that's cool. convenient. Yeah. Um, also, I've seen people use that as like, these, this independent organization did this three year investigation. And can you, these people are not trained investigators or not any, anything of the sort. They're just students. Yeah. So not that we are. Yeah. I mean, no, we're not either, but I also am not trying to act like I have done the most thorough investigation that should be able to legally right. clear some, something or, right. or legally determine someone's cause of death. So anyway, their determination that there wasn't anything more to look into is just as legitimate as this Donald Watkins lawyer, in my opinion, because in looking up the things that he's told me, I found some little bits here and there that can kind of back up what he says, but I just don't really know enough. And I don't have enough access to full documentation of all of these. I mean, obviously, I don't think even her father does to be able to say, well, you know, I can 100% put my stamp on of this, you know, right. determination. I know that what I believe is that really, I guess all I need to say is I know, I, I personally feel very sure in what I have read and what I know and what I believe about this case that Lavina Johnson did not kill herself five weeks after being raped yep. in the military. I 100% agree. Because uh, what's new? No. And she didn't set herself on fire. Oh, no, my God. That seems like the – that's the most counterintuitive thing to do. Are you kidding me? I'm yeah. going to kill myself, so I'm going to set myself on mm-hmm. fire. First of all, women women just – notoriously will either poison themselves mm-hmm. or slit their wrists mm-hmm. because they're they're less um they're less painful mm-hmm. and they they garner less attention i mean setting yourself on fire setting no, yourself on nobody, nobody does that nobody does that unless you're trying to make a statement first of all literally uh, nobody does no, that I except don't, for a buddhist monk that's something. what i'm saying no, the, the, if you, if you want to say, you know, there's really nothing, cause like I'm saying, there's really nothing that can tell you 100% yes or no about any of this. Absolutely. But if you're asking me, what is the reason why you're telling me that you know she didn't kill herself? Well, she was set on fire. Period. The gun was across the room. Yeah. Uh, that's the other thing. Yeah. There's two things that there's just don't make a lot things. of sense yeah. if you just shot yourself. So there's my answer. And, and, and I, and I, I would love, I mean, like this is something that's been close to my heart, as cheesy as that might sound for over 10 years. And if I, it's like, it's just another one of these cases that I will never stop wanting to know for sure what happened and wishing and hoping that maybe by talking about it, Again, continuing to talk about it. Maybe somebody who knows more information can come out and say, listen, I actually knew this guy who mm-hmm. in the ar- when I was in the army in 2005, he told me that he was, you know, he got carried away and hit this chick in the face and yep. killed her, yep. you know, just something. But we just, as it, as it stands, all we can do is look at everything as, as critically as possible and share it with you. This is an issue that mm-hmm. needs to be discussed. And like, hopefully with discussing it enough, it can be countered because Absolutely. it's out of control or flushed out i mean yes or you can or you or you come to your own conclusions even if you have your own even if you've heard this case and you're close to this case you come to us with or i would love to hear somebody say hey i was close to this case and i know this that and the other thing about mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. i like i would love to hear that especially so ashley says you know this has been close to her heart for 10 years you know it's Pretty close to my heart too. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, just as a, f- a female who was in the military, and I know a lot of other females who are in the military. 
even in other branches, mm-hmm. of course, it's something that's very near and dear to my heart as well. Yeah. So hopefully this is enlightening and hopefully one day Lavina's family can get a little more information about the way she died and why she died. Absolutely. But as it stands, that's all we've got on it. And thank you for listening. We love ya. I know it was kind of a hard one. Yeah, it's 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 not as it it wasn't it wasn't fun. No, it wasn't flushing out a a, a cult leader who yeah, was a, a dick. Fundy. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know it's important. Mm-hmm. It, every I think it's important nonetheless. So it's definitely thank important you guys. for yeah. sure. So we'll see you next week and have a great life. Great, real. Have a great everything. Bye, bye.